grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm excited to delve in the Word with you today. We've heard a remarkable story, a remarkable story from Exodus. And I think this story has a lot of connection to our lives today. So that's what we're going to do today. Let's go to work. Moses has been chosen as the one that God will bring the people out of slavery in Egypt and bring them to freedom. And that's happened. And now Moses has gone up on Mount Sinai and he's brought down the Ten Commandments and the covenant, really. Uh, and the people have already begun worshiping another god. And they've fashioned the golden calf and everything has gotten turned upside down and what a debacle that was. And so that's about where we are in the story. And so now Moses is interceding because God is saying, you know, we're going to keep this going. But Moses is interceding for the people. Now the first cool little spot I want to stop here at this point is as we hear Moses interceding for Israel, we have to think about how that prefigures Christ. Um, where Paul says in Romans 8 that the Spirit, you know, um, the third person of the Trinity, intercedes for us. This one that Jesus talks about as an advocate, a counselor. And so it's pretty amazing that in your reality right now and in mine, that we have Christ as the great high priest who intercedes for us and the Holy Spirit interceding for us. Um, we've got that, that's quite a team that we have on our side. Um, I want you to know that good news today as we walk through this story. So Moses, you know, says, you know, God, you've chosen um, me to do this, so help me out here. Come alongside, come with me. Um, and so God responds. Um, and it's kind of cool because Moses says, God, if I'm going to do this, this is what I need. And, you know, he kind of lays it out very clear. God, this is what I need to know. And this is what you've got to give me. And God makes a promise. He says, okay, um, I'll do that for you. And this is how I'll do it. My presence will go with you and my peace. Now, I also want to stop here at this point and say, you know, sometimes um, we don't get the freedom we have in the gospel when it comes to prayer and our relationship to God in Christ. Look at Moses is doing here. I mean, he's telling God, in essence, what God needs to do. I mean, now, I think that the great thing about that is we have that freedom in prayer to go to God and say, God, please help in this way. Um, you know, and of course, we not our will, but God's will be done. But God wants us to come to him with our honest hopes and dreams and aspirations. And, you know, I've oftentimes prayed that way that, you know, Lord, how can it not be helpful for you to not intervene in this certain way? And, and you know, I'm sure God kind of at a certain level goes, well, that's adorable, Bill, aren't you something? But, you know, God is supple that way, it would seem. Um, and, 
and wants to work with us. And so he works with Moses and he says, okay, I'll give you my peace and my presence. Um, and then Moses says, well, okay, that's great, God. But, you know, because God says, I'll go with you. But then Moses says, if you will not go with us, but I thought God just said, I will go with you. But then now Moses is saying, but you won't go with us. But the us versus individual is the key. Moses hears that God says, I'll go with you, Moses. I like you. But Moses says, you've got to go with us. And so now he actually goes back to God and wants to do some renegotiating. And again, look at how Moses is interceding for the people. Um, you know, again, we've got Jesus as our high priest and we've got an intercessor and this has to prefigure Christ uh, for us. As we think about the, the sirens that are going on in our world today and all the trouble we see and all the stress and anxiety that we are under about all kinds of issues and what's going on, we have a promise that in the midst of those sirens, we've got someone who's interceding for us. Um, and in fact, Jesus will say the same thing that Moses said. And he'll say, I'm with you always to the end of the age. God said to Moses, I'll go with you. Moses says, go with us. And God says, okay, I'll do it. And we have the promise in Christ that he goes with us through every crisis and he's, he's present with us. But you know what? That's not enough for Moses. Um, after all of that, Moses says, God, I need more. I want to see your glory. Now Moses has had God talking to him. He's been in God's presence, the pillar of fire um, uh, and the, the pillar of smoke during the day. And he's got this direct link to God, but he says, no, I wanna see your face, God. I want to see your glory. That's in essence what Moses is asking. And you know, I think about us with that because we've been given so much. The word, the gospel, the word and sacraments. And yet we want more. We want God on our terms. God, prove it. Well, that's interesting. God at this point says, hmm, well, again, God's gonna work with Moses, but he's gonna do a little bit of a redirect. He's gonna change things up a little bit. He says, all right, I'm gonna show you my glory, but not completely. In fact, I'm gonna put you in the cleft of this rock, and when I pass by, I'm gonna cover up your eyes with my hand and then I'll take it away when I pass by. And you just get to see my back because you can't see my face. Well, of course, the reason for this, which is kind of strange perhaps to people who aren't familiar with the biblical story, um, is that God is so righteous, so glorious that for us human beings to see God face to face, it would just do us in. We couldn't handle it, so, and God knows it. So Moses is asking for something that'll actually kill him. And God graciously says, 
no, I'm not going to do that for you, Moses. I'm going to pass by. I'm going to cover up your eyes as I pass by, and you can see my backside. <laughs> oh, there's got to be some humor in that, doesn't there? Well, what about us? In the midst of our proof, in the midst of you know, our telling God the terms of which we want God to do what we want God to do in the world, and we want God to show up in the way we want God to show up. I mean, just think of Adam and Eve um, when they're in the garden, and they've got everything but one tree they can't eat from, and they want to be in charge. They can't handle it. Well, so Moses is the same way. I want it all, God. But God says, no, I can't do that one because it'll kill you. And that's true for us as well as Moses. But there's probably more to it than that. In fact, Terence Fredheim, a wonderful Lutheran Old Testament prof from Luther Seminary, now retired, says, um, for God to be fully present would be coercive. Faith would be turned into sight and humankind could not but believe. In other words, for God to do what Moses is saying, it would force us to believe. God's presence cannot be obvious. There must be an element of ambiguity, such that disbelief remains possible. A sense of God's mystery must be preserved. This text shows that even for Moses, there's an essential mystery in the confrontation with God. Now that's, that's helpful and that's interesting. Um, God is not a manipulative God. God is not going to force us. How many times I've had people say to me, well, I'd believe in God if God would just prove God's self. But let's even go further. Because Luther, just like we've been talking about this story prefiguring Christ, Luther sees in this back side of God, in God showing Moses his back, he sees Christ. Listen to what he says. Now we look at after his passing and see what he has done for us. That is, we see his back. We see what he left behind for us, namely that he, God and man, died and rose for us. Thus Christ's humanity might be termed his back. In this we recognize him, in this life until we arrive at the place where he shall also be, we shall also behold his face and his glory. So in essence, the good news of this, as we hear about this story, is we have to automatically think, wow, God has showed us God's back as well, and that's Jesus, his death and resurrection on the cross. God is veiled, God is hidden, but yet God has given us something to hold on to. We don't have to grasp and grope around searching for God in all kinds of philosophies and psychologies and, and all kinds of, um, you know, looking around in creation and this and that. Yeah, God's available out there, but not in the way he is in the person of Jesus. That's the special way God says, I want you to seek me and find me here in the person of Jesus, in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Wow, We've, we get to see God's back, God's humanity. That's where he's found, hidden, clothed in the cross. Humanity wants super displays of power and, and 
you know, <laughs> all kinds of shows and all kinds of spectacular things. And God simply says, no, I'm going to come and show you because it's really the only way I can give you life. I'm going to come, and Luther will even say, as an earthworm, <laughs> as a fragile baby, as an earthly human being, fully God yet fully human. And I'm going to go to the cross and take your sin upon myself. And I'm going to defeat death for you on the cross. That's where, if you want to find God, that's where we find God. Today, there's a lot of sirens. And there's a lot of anxiety. I'm feeling it. I know you are. But today, God's given you a gift. He's shown you his very self. In the person of Jesus Christ. His forgiveness, his grace, his love, may that surround you and envelop you this day. Amen.